Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Shine with Kendall Lanise. Real, real talk for real people. Let's shine together. All right. Welcome to Shine with Kendall Lanise. I am your host, Kendall Lanise. Allow me to introduce myself to you just a little bit further. I am a certified transformational life coach, speaker, and author, as well as a certified meditation practitioner and content creator. I'm so glad that you decided to join me on my life podcast. On this podcast, I will educate, elevate, and entertain you with various topics. We will do live coaching and I will hopefully give you a different perspective on some of your favorite topics and introduce you to new ones. I'm not sure how you stumbled upon this podcast. I'm just so glad you did. Before we get started, do me a favor and subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening and rate if you are able to. Thank you so much once again for tuning in and now on to this week's show. Today's show is sponsored by 617 Lip Love Organic Lip Moisturizer Balm by Kay Lanise. Get yours today at LaniseBoutique.com. This product is for men and women in its signature flavor, Eucalyptus Mint. It's the bomb, y'all. Get it today at LaniseBoutique.com. Protect your lips, heal your lips at all costs. 617 Lip Love Organic Lip Moisturizer Balm. Get yours today at LaniseBoutique.com. Dot com. Support black businesses, support women-owned businesses. LaniseBoutique.com All right. Hi, everybody. I hope everybody is doing swell and well. Welcome to this week's episode of Shine with Kendall Lanise. I am your host, Kendall Lanise. I hope everyone had an amazing week thus far. Have you? I hope you have and I hope you had a lot of love or I hope you had a lot of love potentials. The reason why I'm asking that or talking about that is because today's show is all about love and why people want love so much. So many folks want love. Dating websites show it. People's posts on social media show it. Everybody wants a romantic type of love. Does everybody want the same love? No. Everybody wants the love that is going to help them, if you will, or catapult them uh, into another spot in life. And when I say a spot in life, meaning... Some people think they need to have love to reach higher heights. And I understand that. 
So this week's life note, we're going to start with that and then we're going to go on to this week's show. All right, it's time for this week's life note. All right, so this week's life note is always remember you are braver than you believe, stronger than you seem, smarter than you think, and loved more than you know. So I just want to start there with that week's life note to say that even if you don't have a romantic love in your life right now, you are loved more than you know. And that's really where I want to start because it starts with God's love and it starts with the love that you have for yourself. And if you don't have either, then you are not going to have that love of your life, that love affair, that um, ride or die, that love is patient, love is kind type person if you don't first start with loving yourself. So I'm going to start right there. And then we're going to go into this week's show. But first, I want to thank everyone for tuning in to this episode of Shine with Kendall Anise. For all my faithfuls who continue to come back, thank you, thank you, thank you. I graciously appreciate it. If this is your first time tuning in to Shine with Kendall Anise, the life podcast where we educate, elevate, and entertain, I thank you for tuning in. If this is the very first show, go back, do yourself a favor and listen to all the shows. You know, you can do two a day. You can listen while you're at the gym. Uh, If you're going to the gym during COVID or if you have your personal gym, you can do it while you go for a walk. You can listen while you skate or ride your bike in your eye, uh, in your headphones or your iPods or whatever you have. You can listen, you know, late night while you're in the house cooking or cleaning or just chilling in the home. You can listen to the podcast anywhere. That's the beautiful thing about podcasts. Podcasts, you can listen from anywhere, you know, at your own pace and rate and on your own terms. But most importantly, wherever you get your podcast, do me a favor and subscribe. And if you're able to leave a comment or rate, please do that. It's greatly appreciated and necessary. All right. So all the housekeeping is out the way. And again, this show is about love and why people need love, want love, have to have love, desire love. All right. So reading psychology today, the need to love is one of the best kept secrets of happiness and it's to love and take care of other people. So psychology today says all of us have the intense desire to be loved and nurtured. The need to be loved as the experiments by Bo Bai and others have shown could be considered one of the most basic and fundamental needs. Love. Of the forms that uh, this needs to take its contact comfort, the desire to be held and touched. Findings show that babies who are deprived contact comfort, particularly during the first six months after they are born, grow up to be psychologically damaged. And I know you guys heard that before because 
you've heard some people and it could be your family members and it could be even you if you have children where they say let that baby cry don't pick up that baby every time they cry let that baby cry it out that is developing that child right there that is showing that child that they are not worthy they are not desirable and they're being ignored so what happens is their fundamental needs are not being met because everyone has to be loved or nurtured. And if you got a baby under six months old and you're just letting them cry it out because you don't want to spoil the child, that's ludicrous. But I've heard so many people say that they do that and that damages the child. So that child is growing up seeking love from different places and, and people that they shouldn't desire it from. It starts with the parenting. I'm sorry, parents. And if you're one of the children who are dealing with psychological issues because of that, my apologies to you. Your parents probably just didn't know any better and they were being how their parents or aunts or uncles were being with their children. And we have to stop some of these damaging cycles because that's damaging. And your child can be 40 years old right now, 50 years old, 30 years old. And dealing with issues because their their needs weren't met or nurtured as babies, not even children, babies. All right. So in let's just let's let's read further in psychology today because I'm sure this is interesting for most people, and I want to quote it. After all, it is psychology today, so things start you know with that psychological aspect first. So given the importance of the need to be loved. It isn't surprising that most of us believe that having a significant other uh, brings happiness, whether we feel loved or cared for. In the surveys that uh, um, they have conducted, people rate having healthy relationships as one of their top goals, on par with the goal of leading a happy and fulfilling life. In their pursuit of the need of loved or to be loved. However, most of us fail, they say, to recognize that we have a parallel need, the need to love and care for others. This desire, it turns out, is just as strong as the need to be loved and nurtured. It is a desire to love and take care of others that underlies the phenomenon of the cute aggression. Have you guys heard of that? So the cute aggressive aggression refers to the tendency to pinch, hug, or otherwise express love for others, particularly cute babies, kittens, and puppies, in ways that mildly hurt or cause discomfort to the object of your affection. All right, you've heard in school when you're in elementary school and they're like, that's a love tap. That's a love tap. That little boy is pulling your hair because he likes you. That little boy is pinching your arm because he likes you. That's called cute aggression. I have never heard that prior to reading this article. So cute aggression, that's what that's called. We know that the desires to love and to care for others is hardwired and deep-seated because the fulfillment of this desire enhances our happiness levels. Expressing love or compassion for others benefit not just the recipient of the affection, but also the person delivering it, it says. 
I'm still on psychology today. And what's more, it appears that even small acts of kindness generate just as much happiness as the lofty acts. In uh, an interesting set of studies, participants were given $5 or $20 as a part of an experiment, it says. Participants in both groups were then asked to either spend the money on themselves or others. Those who spent the money on others, it turned out, grew happier than those who spent it on themselves. Most interestingly, the amount of money spent on others didn't make a difference to happiness levels. Those who spent $5 derived just as much happiness as those who spent $20. Michael Norton, one of the study's co-authors, summarizes the deep-seated and universal nature of this need love in his excellent TED talk. If the need to love is hardwired, he says, and universal and is also a powerful deter, uh, detriment of happiness, why aren't many of us aware of it? Take the question, what would make you most happy? We do not know with the answer with serving others or showing love on someone but rather with money or being loved. Maybe the answer has to do with the messages we are routinely exposed to from our caretakers in the media. These messages suggest that our happiness lies in being the recipient of others' attention, love, and respect, rather than in being the donors of attention, love, and respect. Wow, that's interesting. For example, most of us are in, uh, are um, told that happiness lies in achieving self-enhancing goals such as career, success, wealth, fame, or power. The need to love and care for others, in contrast, is rarely emphasized, except perhaps in the arts. What should happiness be? The happiness maximizer would well advise to follow the Dalai Lama's be selfish, be generous. There are at least three reasons why those who practice generosity experience a boost, boost excuse me, in happiness levels. First, because people have an inherent propensity to be fair to others. Recipients of generosity feel pressure to reciprocate it. Thus, when you are generous to others, you attract generous behaviors from then in return. All right, that was a lot. So let's unpack some of that. So this doesn't mean that you don't seek love. This doesn't mean that you don't have to have love. But it says, the the gist of it is just saying that if you don't have love or even if you do have love and you're still not full, you're still not whole, you're still not complete, you still have that yearning for love, then try to give it to others until you get it or until you feel your soul is satisfied. Studies have shown that when you give what you're asking for, you feel better and you feel more fulfilled and whole. That's the gist of it and that's what it's saying. But we all need love. 
this past weekend was my two-year wedding anniversary. Been married two years. And sometimes when you're married two years and you're grown, grown, sometimes it could feel like 22 years. Um, And I know with my husband and I, we've had a lot of trauma in two years that feels like 20 years, which most people don't even experience half the things we experienced in two years, in 20 years. Uh, One, to just name, my father died not even a year ago. He died December 2019, only to find out and to discover and to mourn through the loss of my husband's mother, who died a short six months after June 2020, uh, my father after my father had passed. So that's just one of the or two of the big things that happened within our two year marriage. Losing your parent, you know, anybody who's lost a parent already knows. So I don't even need to even go into what that's like. Um, So that was just one of the things that we went through in this two year marriage. So I say all that to say, you know, marriage is wonderful. Don't get me wrong, but it also endures and it also is patient and also is its kind and everything that that scripture says, the Corinthians says about love and love and marriage is a great mirror and reflection of who you are. And if you're asking for something, you have to be willing to give that something. Because this is the thing about love. You can't complain about what you're not having if you're not giving what you need. You know, now also another thing about love and when you find your love, everyone has to be loved differently. You cannot love everyone the same. You cannot love your children as you love your significant other. You cannot love your father as you do your friends. You cannot love your husband or wife as you do your children. It's all different. You cannot love your current like you did your ex. It's all different. Everyone desires love. Yes, everyone hopefully is capable of giving love. Yes, but everyone doesn't desire the same type of love. You guys heard about, of course, the love languages, the five love languages. Um, If you haven't, you need to just Google the five love languages. I think Gary Chapman is the um, author. Um, Take the test. Take the test to see what kind of love you require. Is it acts of service? Is it touchy-feely? Is it affirmations? You know, what is it? What type of loves acts of, you know, service is huge for me. Um, I like affirmations. Um, It's just so many different ways. And it changes because I know I've taken that test probably in my 20s or 30s, then took it again in my 40s. It's different. So the way that someone needs to be loved can be different. And it can be altogether different from your ex-girlfriend or ex-wife or ex-husband or ex-boyfriend or whomever. It could be totally different. 
Nine times out of 10, it is different. So I think it's interesting when people try to love someone and they love them, you know, as someone else might have wanted them to love them. And also people love how they know how to love. And when we were just talking about psychology today's article, what if that person you're loving or trying to love didn't get picked up as a six month old or had trauma with love or was abandoned and left in the home to fend for themselves or left the home and fend for themselves at 12, 13, 14 years old? What if that person was that person or what if that person was their parent worked all the time and they were always home alone and they didn't feel like they had love or they didn't understand love, you know? So you have to think about the people first, before you think about anybody else, you got to think about yourself and you got to think about, um, how you give love, how you want love. Are you able to receive love? Because you can say all day, I want love. I want love. But if you're not ready for love, meaning you don't even love yourself and you don't even love God or you don't know how or you feel like, you know, you need some help, or life coaching or you need um, some type of therapy or you need to have conversations with the people who raised you. You want to do all of that work first because you might desire a romantic love, but you might not be able to sustain a romantic love because of all of your warranted baggage, you know? So you want to think about that first um, before you get into a love because you don't want your love to just last a quick time. If you want love, I'm sure you want love to last. And that's really what it's about. But it's first taking care of you. I'm going to take a quick break and I'll be right back. Are you stuck in an unhappy relationship or a dead-end job? Are you having difficulty moving to the next level in life? Are you looking for love or romance? Are you looking to achieve and accomplish your goals? Are you looking to get more clarity on your vision? Do you struggle with self-esteem? Are you looking for insight, trying to figure out what you're trying to do with your life. These are some of the things I can help you with. Hi, my name is Kendall Lanise and I'm a certified transformational life coach. For more information about my life coaching services, please visit livingtruelivingyou.com. Now back to the show. All right, and we're back. So I like to get as a certified life coach and my degree is in human services and uh, within those we have to take psychology and therapy, therapeutic classes, and then also my certification with life coaching and all of that. I'm very interested in how people navigate and uh, why they do what they do. So again, um, it's a website called Exploring Your Mind. Um, It's all about neuroscience and psychology and human behavior. So This is an article that was written just this year, Seven Characteristics of People Who Crave Love. It starts with people who crave love often 
do so because they grew up without affection or emotional intimacy. We're talking about people who need to be held in someone's arms and hear loving words or have simply never felt affection from those around them. All right. So there are so many people out there, as I was saying earlier before the quick break, so many people don't even know what affection feels like. You know, I have met grown people that I've worked with and, you know, I'm a hugger. So you go in the hug like, you know, nothing romantic, just hug and they fall back. And this is before COVID. This is before that. But some people, someone hugging them makes them feel weird because their parents from this one lady, she said they never got hugs. They never were showed affection, you know, so she was hard. And she didn't mean to be. She was a nice lady, but she was hard. She didn't know how to receive emotional intimacy or affection affection because she wasn't given it as a child. And you would think someone in their 40s would, you know, be away from that and, you know, know how to navigate through life in this affectionate world because she's grown, right? But it doesn't work that way. Because some people get stuck in their child because they didn't get what they needed. And it's almost like an arrested development. So also another type of person is people who grow up with a lack of affection, go through life wanting and waiting for the wound to heal. Okay. The issue is that they think that the need to heal others but uh, is is most important, but only self-acceptance and love, self-love can truly help them heal. So they're going around thinking that other people can help them heal. When again, it's back to, to self, it's self-acceptance and self-love. And that's what can truly make you heal. These people often confuse those two things with love and acceptance from other people. Of course, there's nothing wrong with wanting outside love and acceptance, but it's more problematic when it comes to people who lack affection. This is because they're trying to make up for the lack of affection and find self-love through other people. You cannot find self-love through other people. I'm going to say that in um, a few times. It's a quote from me. You cannot find self-love through other people. Did you hear that? Okay. People who crave love often create situations that actually just increase the emptiness they feel inside. This is a complex psychological issue that requires psychological help. So I'm all for therapy and seeing a psychologist or psychiatrist or whatever you need to make yourself whole. We are not in a time where you should be ashamed or you feel like something is wrong with you. Get help, guys. This is my favorite quote, and I quote it all the time. If you follow me or if you've seen me speak somewhere, I say it all the time. Les Brown says we ask for help, not because we're weak, but because we want to remain strong. So the days of being embarrassed to get help are over. 
Every time someone comes to me and hires me as their life coach, the first thing I say is, thank you for thinking of you. I'm proud of you for knowing that it's bigger than you and asking for help. Every client that comes to me, I say that because it's so important to find yourself important enough to get help. All right. So back to this list. So the first type of person, okay, the seven characteristics of the people who crave love. The first characteristic is obsessive. I can't. Obsession with affection is number one. Okay, so these are the people who crave love, but put a huge importance on the affection part, right? They're obsessed with the affection. They may even think nothing else matters. They want that affection. They want the hugs, the kisses, the sex. They want, they want, they want, right? The number two characteristics of people who crave affection or love, I should say, they try to control people. It's also common for people who crave love to become possessive and controlling with people who show them affection. So it starts from that affection. And then once you show that affection, they become possessive and controlling. They're not necessarily trying to control the other person's life. They do this just because they want to avoid their own pain. These people tend to have unconscious belief, uh, unconscious belief that if they keep the person in sight, they'll never lose them. It's the fear of abandonment and betrayal. A product of their emotional wound makes them crave control. But this often leads to falling out or breaking up. So I want to talk to those people right there. I get it. I understand. You cannot, though, be so possessive and so controlling that somebody can't go to the corner store without you feeling like they left you or abandoned you. And I understand where this comes from because it is an emotional wound. But no one else in the relationship with you is going to want to be controlled in that manner especially if they're a free spirit, especially if they love differently than you or had a different background. Eventually, even like the article said, it's not going to work. So I, I, I definitely want you, if you're listening and this person is you, is to really try to get some help. And I say that in the most loving way. Because I want you to have love and I don't want you to be your worst enemy. And I know it's not your fault. The third characteristic is they're demanding. People who haven't received genuine love have trouble believing in it later in life. So they demand constant displays of affection. They can become very demanding with their partners with any or anyone that they have an emotional bond with. They give an example. For example, they might say, I needed you to be there, but you weren't. Or I was hoping you would do something special, 
but you didn't. They consider love something absolute and unconditional, but not even a mother can give you that. Wow. I know I'm talking to someone out there. I know I am. And this is a list from Exploring Your Mind, the seven characteristics of people who crave love. Number four, they beg for affection. People who crave love are demanding, but also tend to let too many things slide. Uh, Consequently, they often ignore their own needs and well-being, and they beg for affection. Let me hurry up and read this because I want to um, end with something else. Number five, they make too many sacrifices. This is a list for people who crave love. So these people often make love out to be much more dramatic and painful than it needs to be. They feel so thankful someone loves them that they'll make all these kinds of sacrifices to please another person. Love does mean having to make sacrifices at times. We aren't denying that, but, 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 but. These people take it to the extreme. They act like the other person is the only one with rights and privileges, and they're the only ones who have to give. No. Love in a relationship is reciprocal. It's not just one person making sacrifices and the other is not. It's just not the one person doing and the other is not. That's not love. Okay. Number six. They don't trust the other person. No matter how hard they try, people who crave love can't bring themselves to trust others. They constantly are suspicious and they gradually weaken the bond. They're always expecting to be abandoned or hurt. So that's what they see. Their mistrust is so intense that they can even start seeing good things as bad things or vice versa. They look for the ulterior motives, hidden agendas and conspiracies everywhere. It's all a part of their massive fear of hurt. I'm telling y'all, this is real. There's so much into love and why people break up and why people can't find love or keep love. This is real. Number seven is they accept the accept unacceptable. Abuse in any form is unacceptable. Unfortunately, lack of affection often pushes people into a cycle where they accept the kind of behavior from people they have an emotional bond with. They can't tell the difference between a disagreement or a conflict and an abuse, abusive situation. They might get angry over nothing, but also accept physical and mental attacks. All right. So hopefully I don't need to say this, but I am. No kind of abuse is healthy in any type of relationship. If you have been abused uh, or you are the abuser, I want you to really just take a good look at yourself. And if this article and what I'm talking to you about today doesn't trigger something in you to seek help or to really understand who you are, um, then I'm not sure what else I can do. This is not going to solve the problem in this short time with this life podcast, but it hopefully it will have you 
thinking and seeing that everything is connected in the mental, in your experience, in your past. And it's okay to seek help because I want you to have a healthy relationship. I really do. I want you to have not just a relationship just to say I want love, but to have a healthy, healthy love. That's the key. Okay, I'm going to end on a high note still with psychology today. I'm feeling them today, so I'm going to continue with that. The 11 reasons we fall in love. Falling in love is a quick way for us to undergo a rapid self-expansion. All right, so a question that receives quite a bit of attention in the psychological literacy, they say, is why people fall in love. One promising answer is the romantic love occurs when the attributes that generates general attraction and the social factors and circumstances that produce passion are particularly strong. Similarities help you. So 11 reasons why people fall in love. So similarities is the first one. This includes similarities of people's beliefs and to the lesser extent, similarities of personality traits and ways of thinking. Number two is propacuity. This includes familiarity with the other, which can be caused by spending time together, living near each other, thinking about the other or anticipating the interaction with the other. Number three, a desirable characteristics. This general attraction attributes is uh, attribute is particularly focused on an outer physical appearance that is found desirable and to lesser extent or a desirable personality trait. Also, reciprocal liking. When the other person is attracted to you or likes you, that increases your own liking. Let's see. Also, social influences. I'm trying to see if I can get through all of them. Looking at the time. Okay, social influences. So a potential union that satisfies general social norms as well as acceptance of uh, the union. So by contrast, a union that does not satisfy a general social norms is not accepted by one social network can result in people falling out of love. So it's when you are socially influenced. That's what it says here. That's like my um my thinking music. All right, the more you want to be, I'm just trying to skim over some things because we are running out of time. So, why do we fall in love? Does anybody know why? Because that's what we want to do. That's the norm. That's it's 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 about having that connection with someone. It's about feeling safe with that person. It's about the vibe. 
it's the vibe for me. <laughs> it's about how that person makes you feel, how that person, you know, laughs or does that person laugh? Because everybody falls in love for a different reason. Some people might like the way that person's humor is or the sarcasm or um, the intellect or the acts of service like to other people or um, the way they make them feel or whatever it is. Everyone is different. Everyone falls in love for a different reason. The way somebody can get you in check, the way someone can tell you about yourself, the way someone can help you grow or help you heal or, you know, there are so many, the way that someone looks, the way that someone smells, you know, people are like, oh, they had me at hello, like the movie Jerry McGuire. They had me at hello. Um, but wanting a relationship and getting a relationship can be worlds apart. Just because you want one doesn't mean you're necessarily going to get one. Uh, wanting a relationship in order to get. Uh, the last I'm going to end with Huffington Post. It was an article on Huffington Post. Why do you want to be in a relationship? So before I even read quickly over this, I want to ask you, to ask yourself, why do you want to be in a relationship? Do you want to learn and grow with someone? Do you want someone to share time with? Why do you want to be in a relationship? If it's just everything, me, 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 I, 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 then you have to also have another side of that and say, okay, what do I want to give someone? What is it that I want to share with someone? How do I want to build with this person? How do I want to grow with this person? Because um, I'm going to tell you right now, as a life coach and when I do relationship coaching, I always ask my couples this. And I also ask my husband this before we got married and during the marriage. Like, what is our mission statement? Because every relationship should have a mission statement. What do you want to do within the relationship? What do you want to do within the marriage, right? Because it can't be, it has to be something bigger than, I just want to love and have sex and laugh and stay in bed all day and just look at you and you look at me and we la 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 and we hugging and no, that's not going to fulfill you or sustain you or it's not going to fulfill you or sustain the relationship. You have to have a goal. What do you want to accomplish and achieve in your relationship? Do you want to give to others? Do you want to serve others? Do you want to minister to others? What are you collectively going to do for other people outside of the relationship? And yes, that's something that you have to think about it. What is your mission statement? Do you want to achieve blah, blah, blah together? Do you want to achieve na, na, na together? Do you want to build blah, blah, blah together? What do you want to do together collectively? Because self-love, no one else can feel that. You have to feel that. So don't look for someone to, to complete you. I hate that sentence. They complete me. They make me whole. No, you have to be 100% and then that person has to be 100%.
then you come together collectively to kill the game, to rock it, to be better people. But you can't have a half coming together to make an, another half to make a whole. You have to be a whole person and love yourself and love God and really be solid in your self-love game before you get into a relationship. Because if you get into a relationship and you're broken, which most people are, we all are broken in some capacity, but until you do the work on yourself, no relationship you have is going to work. So that's the first thing. I want you all to focus on loving yourself and building yourself and healing yourself and growing yourself. Then you go on over to a relationship and hopefully that person has done the work on themselves because you can be whole and you've done the work on yourself. But if the other person hasn't, it may not work. So that might be one of the questions that you want to ask someone before you fall in love. Hey, have you gone to therapy? Have you seen a life coach? Have you read? Have you listened to audiobooks? Have you worked on yourself? If they say work on myself, what you talking about? Exit stage right. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of Shine with Kendall and Nice. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends and family. And also, if you want me to talk about a certain topic or subject, email me at kendellanice at gmail.com. Until next time, remember you're a star, so don't allow anyone to dim your shine. Until next time, God bless. Peace. Shine with Kendall and Real talk for real people. Let's shine together. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.